Hi, this is Sophie Hutchinson and you're listening to Australian Survivor Archives. the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way through to the current day. We are very much into the pointy, pointy end of season one. We are learning so much. We are getting really into the juicy stuff. And that, of course, means the interviews get bigger. The interviews get juicier. The interviews just get so amazing from this point on. And I'm so excited to be able to speak to our next guest today. She's somebody who I really want to learn a lot more about this game from because I know that Matt and I have talked a lot about this season, about this person, about really not knowing a lot. And I feel today we're going to learn all those things that we don't know a lot about. I'm not going to even introduce her. I'm going to hand that over to my esteemed colleague. First of all, I'll say my name is Ben, the only one on the line who has never played Survivor yet. Hey, guys. It's great to be here once again. You're right, Ben. It's a, we've got another fantastic interview here. You're right. Look, we don't know a lot about this contestant. Um, we didn't see a lot of her early play, but we but she did last 35 days. She was the fifth player. She came in fifth place. And not just that, she holds the record and distinction of being the first ever female survivor in Australian Survivor history to win immu- uh, individual immunity. We knew her as Sophie Woods back when she played. She's now known as Sophie Hutchison, and it's an absolute pleasure to have her here on the line today, Sophie, coming on the show. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks so much, and really excited to be here and and really excited to have a chat about something they haven't spoken about for a long time. So it's really um, going to be a good trip down memory lane. <laughs> we like doing that. We like taking people down <laughs> trips. Uh, you know, we've, we've learned so much from everybody on this season. Some people have, haven't even thought about this, I think, in about uh, 18 years. So it's either going to be a good thing or we might be kind of getting some of these memories that you've sort of suppressed deep down for a long time <laughs> that you think, oh, crap, why the hell do I have to think about that again? <laughs> Oh, look, you know what, I think overall my memories just of that time were really good ones. I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking a long time ago, but it was such an adventure and um, and such awesome people, you know. I think that's where we probably got really lucky because we did have a, a really good group of just good humans um, that all got on pretty well. And uh, having listened to a couple of other interviews, I think there's a general feeling that probably because we all did get on so well, it didn't make for lots of drama, um, but um, to be out there with people that, you know, were good quality people, just that you, you know, want to spend that kind of time with anyway, um, made for a good experience. It is amazing to think that this all happened almost 20 years ago and, mm. uh, you know, and I'm glad I know you spoke to us off air. You mentioned that you had just listened to, to Jane's interview, which was uh, another amazing interview, but, uh, yeah. you know, it is nearly 20 years, but... Um, 
you know, the game of Survivor, it's, it's, it's such a unique game. And I guess, you know, you're here talking about it today and there must be a lot of memories that just come flooding back that feel like it only happened last week. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And in fact, listening to James last night, um, it was interesting because I think there's things that I recall really strongly and others that seem to have faded into a distant memory. So it's nice hearing it through someone else's memory as well, because it brings it back to life for me, I think. Um, And, you know, I think I, I really feel like as a time, personally for me, the time that I did it was like, probably one of the only times I could have done it. It was a lovely time in my life to be able to make a big um, decision like that to go on such a big adventure. Um, and I've watched some of the shows since and it just goes on and keeps on becoming one of these incredibly popular shows because I think it just offers um, so much in the way it's set up, you know, human endurance, relationships, um, you know, challenge, all the things that, you know, kind of make for good watching but for good playing. I think it's a, it's probably has a lot of a, a long life ahead of it actually because of the fact that it's a, it's a good quality game to play. What drew you into applying? Were you were a fan of the first two US seasons? Is that kind of what drew you into putting in that application? Yeah, actually, just like I think probably most of us, we watched that second series. I think it was of the American one that was set in Australia, and I mean, I was hooked. It was such a good series, and. Uh, and when the ad came up at the end, I mean, I already love adventure and I love camping and being outdoors. And so all those things were things that resonated well with me. I like to be outside in open space. So the opportunity to go and do that, but then also to challenge myself um, and to do it tough, I think that was really the appeal for me. Um, so whilst the game is a strategic game about, you know, outwit, outplay, et cetera, but the opportunity to be outdoors for me was the most appealing part of it. And that's what drew me to, to apply. And actually didn't even think for a second I'd get in. It was actually just more like a personal, like, oh, we'll just send it off and see what happens. And then it just kept coming back and they kept getting on um, for callback after callback. And then we went to Sydney and did the psych tests and all of that. And then I had to really sit down and think about it and go, actually, can I do this and should I do this? And my parents who um, aren't here now anymore but – back in the day were really, really supportive of it and I think knew that me personally at that time it would be a really good thing for me to do as a, you know, it's my own character I suppose and um, so they're really behind it. So with their support and friends all going, do it, it's going to be amazing, I just sort of took the leap and and it was one of the best things I've ever done. Well, I believe you were such a fan of the the Australian one that you had a viewing party and you even dressed up as Tina Weston <laughs> with fake ribs. Is, is this true? Oh, <laughs> about that this is going to be fun all these old memories yeah we we all got dressed up for the finale and we're all just we're you know, a funny group of friends <laughs> and um so that shows you how you know we were hooked into it and actually really wasn't a lot of reality tv around at that time like by comparison to now so it was one of the very few shows that i'd watched anything like that before so that probably was part of the appeal was that it was something that was really happening not something that was constructed um and of course that Australian bush setting that was just I love so much. Um so yeah, and I think maybe just the challenge. Like I, I some people I guess we all need that at different times of our life. You can find it through sport or you can find it in different ways. But for me, being outdoors and not having a lot around, like a fridge to go and open for food or a tap to turn on for fresh water and actually having to go and um 
you know, do it a bit tougher, I thought was a good experience, something that I could only benefit from, not, you know, wouldn't be a negative thing. Um, and then that's the, it. So I put the thing in. <laughs> so to get on the show, though, you, it's not just as easy as, you know, just getting on and, and being selected. You, of course, mm. have to do an audition tape. Yours, there's a few audition tapes that I always remember that they just stood out. Jeff Brown was one of them. Yours was another. Like you're on yeah. the floor, you're doing that that commando crawl with your kids yeah. and your kids are sort of climbing <laughs> over you. Tell us about the audition tape and and, and how that all went about to, to come to what you ended up submitting. Oh, yeah. Look, that's um, my two kids are obviously now in their 20s. Um, but we were just at home and I thought, how can I make this look like a kind of an obstacle course, some sort of like – and I thought, well, I haven't got a big backyard, but I can use the house. So we had the staircase and we were climbing up and down and pretending we were going to kindy with that. <laughs> so it just sort of evolved, but it kind of – they had a lot of fun with it too. So that, you know, made it more fun for me. So <laughs> and then we stuck it out there. So I really, yeah, it was a surprise when I got the call back because um, also I didn't know whether they'd um, – what sort of demographic they were looking for or what kind of characters they were looking for. I thought, well, this is this is us. This is me. I've – my mum, this is my kids, this is what we do. Um, and so I just thought, well, we'll put it out there and there we go, the rest is history. Because they seem like you sort of, you know, they obviously want to fill the quota of certain types of, of yeah. people and, and we talked to Lance mm. obviously a few weeks ago. He was maybe kind of the dad. I mean, we obviously had a few dads out there, but I, I'd say Lance yeah. maybe filled that one. So do you feel you were kind of the mum in that aspect because you had the two yeah, young children? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I think I probably was because, I mean, I, I maybe just because I had young kids, um, probably that was my, um, yeah, my the character that if they were looking for characters, that, that probably would have been me. Um, but at the same time, I suppose, uh, yeah, I mean, I was the mum, but at the same time I felt like, you know, it was all about getting out there and just showing what you were made of as an individual. So mother you know, whatever role you are in life, it wasn't really about that. It was about how you could handle being out there in, in, um, in sort of the elements. And I think, you know, talk about elements, we had them, you know, it was so, I know everyone's spoken about it, but it really was particularly freezing and we really didn't get given very much. So I kind of feel like whilst there's this whole idea about the strategy of the game, the underlying point which really still sticks with me so much is that we all just – we're out there um, with very little food and um, freezing cold. And so the physical side of the game is what sticks with me, I suppose, more than the, the playing of the game um, because that was the daily stuff that you dealt with, the getting up and not having, you know, much to eat and feeling like by the end you're dragging yourself around because we all lost such an enormous amount of weight and, um, and really cold and getting tired as the game goes on because obviously when you're not eating – energy levels drop and it just sort of uh, that was sort of made the biggest impression on me um and i suppose if anything it just makes you appreciate how lucky we all are to be able to have food in our fridge and a pantry full of stuff that we don't have to think about and um that's never left me actually that feeling of just appreciating that not everyone has it as you know as good as we all do um in um what it's like to have a full belly and i'll never ever take that for granted again yeah. So was there any special uh, research or preparation you did, um, you know, once you knew that you were on the show? We, we've heard some funny stories from, from some of the other contestants, but at the same time, 
you also had two young kids as well. So I guess there would have yeah. been preparation you would have had to do with them staying back at home. But yeah. was there anything that you did before you actually well, went I got, out? To I got like- super fit. I decided I had to be fit. And I, you know, I was reasonably active already, but I just really needed to get um, to that next level of fitness. So I just hit the gym and I started running and doing all the things that it would take to be at that level. So if I could cope with any challenges that, you know, they set. Um, so physically preparing um, and then mentally preparing as well because I knew that obviously with two kids and I was going to miss them terribly and knowing that they were going to be in really good hands and obviously with my parents and my family and their dad and I just kind of made sure that that scenario was so that I wouldn't be worrying um, too much. I was going to always worry. That just comes with being a parent. But, um, you know, like I knew they would be safe and looked after and loved and it wasn't. You know, it was a right feeling for me in that respect. Um, but then, yeah, I just think I, or not knowing, obviously, we hadn't had the history now. If you watch Survivor and you've got all this sort of time to look at all the different series and you know what to expect, we really only didn't we only watch that one show, and that's all we really knew about it. So a bit of it was a bit of a taking a chance, taking a gamble, and who knows what's going to unfold. How old were your kids at the time and what do you tell them when you're going away for about six or so weeks? Yeah, well, they were they were really good about it. I mean, they love their grandparents and their family and, um, you know, I suppose at that age their memory of that, I speak to them now and they're like, I don't remember it, like it was such a long time ago. But they love watching it now and they actually it's quite funny because I always thought that that hopefully would be the case, that when they did look back on it they'd go, go, Mom, and that's exactly how it's been. So if anything, I think the the benefit of doing something like that is probably more seen now when they look at it as adults and they can appreciate what it was that I did and what it, how I played it or the challenges and go, oh, that was my mum, my God. You know, that's a good feeling for me to know now because I always wanted that. That's why I can't think I remember saying that at the time. I just hope that I can make the kids proud. And, um, and I feel like now they would, you know, they have a lot of fun looking back on it. So, <laughs> and it must have been good because when they were growing up, any stage where they didn't want to eat a certain food, you could have said to them, "Hey, Mum had to go it. eat sixteen <laughs> fish eyes to try to win a half I a million dollars." Fish eyes. You, <laughs> you can eat your beans. Actually, that's come up the most. That's a hundred percent the one that between us as a family comes up the most. So, <laughs> it is true. You can't complain about eating your broccoli. Mother's eating fish eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, you want immunity for that. You you were going out of your way and really struggling. Do, do Do you remember getting that phone call to say that you were that you were on and how how you felt when you were told you were on the show? Um. Yeah. I. I. I do. I kind of was in a bit of shock. I. I mean, obviously, sometimes you're just doing something and you think, oh, whatever will be, will be. And um. And when it came that I'd obviously um realized that I'd been offered the spot. Um, I got excited. I was like, this is a really a, an adventure and a twist in my life I hadn't really expected or, um, you know, it hadn't been a long-term dream to do it. It just all happened quite quickly. Um, and sometimes I think you've got to go with the flow of what's happening and all the, I don't know, all the doors just kept opening and everyone kept saying do it. So it just kind of felt like it was the right thing to do. And like I said, I mean, it, it was a really important thing for me to do in my life for so many different reasons on a personal level. Um, so, yeah, no regrets at all. What about the location? Because you get on, there would have been that all that hype about 
you're on. You probably thought you may have been going to some exotic island. Um, you know, it was a chance to get away from the kids. Of course, you were going to miss them. But, you know, it's a little adventure. And, and of course, even being down at Whalers Whale, it was still that adventure. But what yeah. did you think about it not leaving Australia? Was that a little bit disappointing? Yeah, I wasn't quite sure what we'd be doing. I mean, obviously, we're unknown. We're all in sort of um, in the dark about that. And I was kind of surprised and excited. Like when we got there and it was this, you know, very rugged coastline, um, it was blowing a gale, I remember that day, being particularly windy and the first challenge was, you know, I think Katie had to go down the cliff and swim out to this. And it all seemed quite like, yeah, it wasn't the the blue lagoon type island and kind of probably what maybe you could have been. Um, but at the same time, there's something quite wild about it and I do like those landscapes. So for me, I didn't feel – it wasn't like disappointed. It was just a bit more surprised, I suppose. And then I think maybe just the um, element of cold, that, that was a bit of a surprise. I kind of anticipated that we'd be sort of swimming and um, and the sun, you know, just that good Aussie kind of sun burnt kind of country feel, you know, and it was definitely rugged up in dries of bones and beanies and layers and um, that was, I think, unseasonal for them at that I time of year, but that's what we got. <laughs> The one thing I found with the location is, and I think Ben and I, we, we've discussed this and, and we're probably guilty before doing this podcast is we were always disappointed that it, it never left Australia. But mm. I'm glad the way you described it because I think to me, honestly, I actually think it wasn't a bad location. You're right mm. about the cold. That's one thing every contestant says that it was just freezing and mm. that probably did hurt it more than anything, the fact that everyone had to always be rugged up. There weren't, you know, mm. people weren't always down at the beach swimming around and, you know, mm. guys with their shirts off and all that stuff. It was always mm. everyone looked dirty and cold and mm. in their big R.M. Williams, you know, dries of bones. It just didn't look great. But I am glad you described it that because it, it was a stunning location. Mm. Oh, and it was Australian. You know, I mean, you can do a strange survivor. It was kind of a cool place to do it in your own country. So I think um, that part about it I really loved. I hadn't been to that part of Australia before, so that to me was also interesting. Um, but I kind of, yeah, I felt it suited it. It suited the that kind of more rugged landscape suited to me I, I suppose it all went together the fact that it was cold the fact that there were big seas some days you'd get fish some days you wouldn't big long walks to the water you know I think I remember seeing a brown snake kind of around where our back where some of our backpacks and stuff were later in the game we saw a big snake and I thought this is so Aussie and you know talk about our country is just that's, I mean, that's what I love about it. That's that kind of ruggedness that I think we have um, here that's exceptionally beautiful. And, in fact, if I could go back there, and I would one day, I'd really love to take the kids and do a bit of a, a trip back there to go and see it. Um, but now looking back on it, it, it suits the show, and I can't imagine it anywhere else because <laughs> it was all part of – it was all entwined in that whole time and being cold and being hungry made it a true survivor experience. It's so unique to think that here we are nearly 30 episodes into this show and recapping mm -hmm. your season and we're, we're really now appreciating the location, which as Matt kind of said, it's not something that I personally have been overly kind on over the years. I haven't, you know, it's taken yeah. me a while to, I guess, fully appreciate it. But it's interesting you mentioned about 
We saw a brown snake. Uh, I know we've had lots of people in the past talk about how shark infested the waters were and how dangerous this place mm-hmm. was. I think it just really shows us as Australians about how we are used to this kind of thing. Like we're literally like, eh, brown snake, eh, <laughs> shark. Eh, it's just how Great it is. Whites, yeah, it's going to be there. <laughs> Whereas like when they did the Australian Outback one, the Americans like, these crocodiles are going to kill you if they look at you. Like it's just, it's such Australian, isn't it? Like, eh. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I think that's the thing. Like we live in this country where there are so many things that can actually kill you. <laughs> but we've become really, you know, I guess comfortable with the fact that it's a little bit like that. And I like, that feeling because I think it makes you feel alive, you know, particularly if you're living in a city and you don't have those little, um, I guess, nature challenges, whether but if you go to Africa, if you go into those countries, you know, go to the States, there's grizzly bears, you know, you go to a different environment and suddenly your everything switches on, you know, your mind starts thinking probably how we did you know, millions of years ago, you start picking up on the surroundings in terms of nature. And I think that's a really good, healthy human experience that it's really important to have it. And the fact that we do it here in Australia, it's so absolutely beautiful. Like, I mean, I honestly couldn't complain about where we were. I think we were, we probably saw some of uh, our most beautiful coastland down there. So (laughs) I feel lucky. I still reckon you were disappointed you weren't weren't allowed to eat the emus though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, there was there was one time Ben 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 you tell the story. There there, there is Go a ben. great episode <laughs> where you basically spend a good minute impersonating emus. Now I don't know if you remember Me? that. Really? Oh, I've got to see this. I do not remember that. That wow. Must have, I was going to say if you wanted really, to give us an really, emu impersonation I'm right so, now, but I'm you might so not remember it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Matt wants me to do it. I can see Matt staring at me going, Ben, you can like a you know, Come on, Ben. <laughs> I think it was something like that, Sophie. Oh, that's hysterical. So, I'm gonna have to try and find that one. We'll, we'll, we'll put it up on our we'll put it up on our social media, oh, but please uh, do. We so it, it was towards the end of the game and you were starving and everyone was starving and uh yeah, the emus were there and I think you did a comment like that you you, know, you wanted to you wanted to eat the emus and you're trying to lure them over and you're talking emu. <laughs> talking emu. Oh my god. Food deprivation is an interesting form of torture. My God. I mean we were literally <laughs> Walking zombies by the end. So my memories, you know. <laughs> just getting getting back to the start of the show. So the, yeah. the, those those couple of days just prior to day one actually starting. Obviously, you mm-hmm. you know you're in Adelaide. You fly to Port Lincoln, but that's the first chance you actually get to see some of the other contestants. I know you're not allowed to talk to them and all yeah. that, but you do start getting those first impressions. From your memory, like, was there anyone in particular that you thought to yourself, "Yep, oh, I hope I'm, I hope they're on my tribe," or "Yep, I think I'm going to get along with that," or, mm-hmm. or maybe someone that you thought, "Oh, they're they're not my type of person." Um, I, to be honest, we had a pretty open mind at that point. I think when we got divided to our tribes, we actually arrived there. Um, yeah, I think there was a couple of key people I immediately felt, you know, a warmth and a connection with, um, and. That was, I think that's like in any situation when you meet a whole group of people, you'll just sort of gravitate to some. Um, but I had, a, I did have an open mind because I thought everybody's in a very unusual situation. So first of all, um, you're about to play this game, which is quite a thing to take on. 
Secondly, there's cameras everywhere, which not everyone's used to. So there's that sort of awkwardness, I think, in the first um, couple of days of just getting used to all of that. But, yeah, I, I suppose within our tribe, um, immediately um, I connected with Jane. She was such a sweetie. And um, and Katie and I had a good laugh about a few things. And then Rob, you know, he was such a warm, lovely person. But also Lance, you know, as I said, we got very lucky with our group. Um, so having all these lovely people together, um, there wasn't really a, a point at which I thought um, I didn't have any really ill feelings towards anybody, to be honest. I think it's just as you go through a long period of time of living with people, you can start to see traits coming out um, and certainly people under pressure, people under who are you know not being fed, not sleeping, cold, away from their family and friends. So you're seeing people right at their, um, their raw, most rawest, I suppose. So, at, you know, at the pointy end of things, certain things started coming out that you go, oh, that's interesting. But at the beginning, I had a pretty open mind. Did you think you dodged a bullet with not getting over on Kadena? Do you think you would have had those same feelings had you been <laughs> with some of the uh, the baby poo yellow tribes? Look, I, th- I felt sorry for them in a way because I know they had a really rough time of it at the beginning. You know, they had a really lovely group, um, but they just – with challenges that just kept falling over for them. And I think, you know, we were lucky in that um, for whatever reason that the challenge would come through and we'd just pull it together and we had a really good run, which obviously carried a lot of us through to that point of the merge. Um, but that's, I don't know what the key ingredients were that made it work for us in those moments, but it just, our team worked um, as a team. So, again, that's just luck of the draw. You know, I got into that team. You mentioned about sort of the people you got along with there, but I don't know if – was there anyone – you mentioned about not really having any problems with anyone. I mean, this is kind of a lot of what we, I think, want to learn a lot from you here, Sophie, well, because there was a lot that we didn't see. So, I mean, was there anything with anyone that perhaps on early on into Para, like Joel, for instance, or Jeff, were, were there anything well, look, there? Well, no, I think what happened is, as you said, which people do you gravitate towards more? I've sort of, um, as I said, Jane and – and uh, and Rob and I think you know Katie had a good sense of humour, but I could see she was hi- also really highly competitive. So I knew Katie and I would get along and have a good laugh together. But I also knew to be slightly wary of her because I knew she was going to play a very strategic game. Um, so I had my I had my blinkers on. I wasn't you know I wasn't sort of just sleepily going through. I knew I knew how everyone was kind of playing it. I suppose. Um, and I my my strategy, if anything was to probably stay under the radar a bit because the only thing I had gathered from the previous series and the only one that would ever anyone had ever watched was that if you came out of the gates really hard, you could set yourself up for a big fall um, and be eliminated quite early on in the game. So strategically I was like, just, you know, just try and play it cool, get on with most people, don't stand out too much, um, but don't do nothing and somehow just kind of um, – uh, player yeah under the radar game but then ultimately you know you're forced into making some key decisions um and you, you're forced to take sides with people in terms of alliances and and I think I did that at the right time for me personally it kind of just evolved and it, it worked but I don't feel at the same time um 
if I was to watch the game now and you can see everyone plays such a strategic game and all this blindsiding that goes on, that certainly wasn't part of our um, the culture that was around back then. It was like um, there's a lot of trying to be do the right thing while still playing a good game um, and be be seen and, and be within yourself true to how you would be in life. Um, whereas I think sort of now there's a big separation between this is a game and this is life. If, you know, I wouldn't do this in real life, but in this game I'm prepared to lie and do all these things. Whereas I think there was less division back then. It's like, um, you know, I wouldn't do this to you as a human being normally, so I don't feel comfortable doing it to you now, lying to you all. Um, I think that's probably the tear for me was trying to play a game and not hurt someone at the same time. It's almost an impossible thing in a game like Survivor because if you're only going to have one winner, then ultimately you have to have manoeuvred yourself into that position and that's a tricky thing to do without kind of um, – having to tell a lie here or, or, or be, what's the word, strategic. Um, so yeah, that was the dance for me that was tr- tricky because I um, generally try to be upfront and honest with everybody. So um, that was my personal challenge. But I feel like in the end it kind of just came out nicely and, in, and obviously with Rob winning I couldn't have been happier for him. I mean he seriously was such a legend of a guy and, you know, it just breaks my heart what happened. Um, yeah, I get really emotional when I think about that. He was just a legend and um, and so and very well deserved because he played a beautiful game. He played it strategically. I thought he was uh, still a gentleman all the way through um, and, yeah, just a good example of a good Aussie bloke um, who deserved the win. We'll definitely talk more about Rob later because, of course, once you merge and get to Aurora and his game play definitely yeah. affects affects your game. but. It's fascinating hearing about about how you were approaching this game because I, I mentioned it at the top of the show. We didn't really get to see a lot of you early on in the mm. game, and that was no fault of your own. You 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 were just on such a dominant team, a dominant tribe yeah. that uh, you know. By the time you you made merge, you'd only lost one player, which of course was was mm. Jeff Brown, and uh, and there were so many other big characters that you know would only see you a little bit at challenges and, mm. and the odd confessional, but. Mm. What was it? I love to hear about Jeff Brown and the time he was here. How did how did you get along with him? I got him fine. I mean, I, I don't think I got to know Jeff nearly as well as I probably would have liked to. We just sort of, I, yeah, I don't think there was a um, enough personal chat between us to really get to know each other. Um, so unfortunately, I don't have heaps of feedback on that relationship because. I think I was still – I've kind of felt like a lot of my time was spent chatting to, um, you know, the guys I just mentioned before. So um, whilst, you know, um, I thought he was a lovely man, I don't feel like I have – we really got to know each other personally um, well enough really probably. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what happens. You do lots of walking and talking and a lot of my walking and talking happened with some of those other key people. So – um, and I kind of did feel a bit of a uh, with thing with Jane. I know she was young. She's 18 and I, I thought it's a big thing to do at 18 to come out there and um, and she did an awesome job, you know, and I think she she really should be proud of herself and I think she got an unnecessarily hard time because she was a, she was a strong girl to take on something like that um, and, you know, Certainly now, given, you know, we all know what it was like to be out there and that kind of intensity of the environment um, would be tough on anybody, let alone if you've just come out of school and that's the first thing you're doing. 
Tween so, Jane, yeah, of so course. the time Jane. team was Tween Jane. I love that. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. So it sounds like Jeff was always probably going to be the first person you were going to vote for because we know it came down to her or Jane and it sounds like you definitely weren't going to vote for Jane. Yeah. I mean, I just hadn't made that connection with him. We hadn't connected um, personally on a huge level yet. So maybe over time we would have, but we just hadn't got there yet at that point. So it was a logical choice for me. Where were you at with Joel? What was your relationship like with Joel? Joel, like I, I, I really enjoyed Joel's company. Like he was a big sort of enthusiastic um, kind of passionate guy um, and I, I feel like Joel really put his heart into the game. He really took the whole thing on really seriously and, um, and brought a good energy to the tribe. Like he's very energetic kind of guy. And I think probably towards the end I saw the signs of what had been a long, hard few weeks starting to show signs, just the tiredness, just the – I think what it does to you um, – it pushes you to your limits and it can just make you not quite yourself. And I think maybe that just showed towards the end for me a little bit. But other than that, I thought, yeah, he, he had a good energy and he was definitely an optimistic fellow. Like he he was always trying to buoy everyone up, which I, I appreciated. Did you get sick of the, you know, the what was he saying all the time, Matt? He's yeah, boys, and he's uh, riding, right, giddy up. That was giddy it, up. wasn't it? That's the no, one I'm thinking of. Giddy up. <laughs> You know what, I think it's just like one of those things when everyone's living together so closely, you're going to notice every little thing, you know, like it's just one of those things. But, look, everything I think at the end of the day, um, everyone was just doing their best, right? That's that's all you can do when, you, when you're doing anything. And I suppose, um, yeah, if I had to say the positive things, I would say I found him really energetic and a good motivator. And you need that in your team. You need people to come back and go, yeah, that's awesome, wicked, you know. And I think um, and he definitely played that role. One thing that I'd love to hear your perspective on is the alliance because we're obviously mm-hmm. getting to that point now where we're going to be chatting to, obviously we're chatting to you now, we've got Katie, we've got Shona. The core four that really early on seemed to be yourself, Katie, Rob, and Shona. Was it spelled out to you that this is an alliance, this is the final four, or was it kind of just alluded to that you knew this was sort of where it was going at? What was your perspective on that early on? Um, So I suppose that became a – yeah, it did seem to naturally go that way. Um, I I, I think Rob had the wool over my eyes because – as I said, he played a great game. So his his talent was he was very endearing and he's caring and sort of um, I kind of thought probably that I stood a chance maybe to go to the end with him, um, but I probably didn't quite clearly see what was going on with Shona. I knew they were close, but I hadn't really um, predicted that that was who he was going to take to the end. Um, but with in terms of the four towards the end, um, I think maybe I, yeah, I feel like because Joel threw that challenge, I, I kind of felt like that was a bit of a, I don't know, that was the only thing that got me, I thought, because all of us wanted to go so badly to the end, so throw it at that point, I thought was a bit of a shame. But other than that, yeah, the four seemed clearly to me that that was always the way it would play out. Um, 
as long as everyone could get through their immunities and their challenges in the right order. But uh, Katie had such a good mind for laying it out. So she was very good at saying, <laughs> okay, this person goes, then we'll do this and then we'll do that. And, then, you know, and I thought, well, the downside with that is you can't fully control it because anything can happen at any time. So you have to be a little bit flexible in your thinking because it may not just play out the way you want it to and clearly, clearly didn't. Which the unique thing, though, with your season is that it very nearly did. I mean, there's no way Katie would mm-hmm. be able to even remotely write that down now because the amount of twists yeah. and turns you have now. But in your yeah. mind, who was your ideal final two? I mean, we know you've got that moment with Rob where you kind of say, if I can't mm-hmm. win, I want you to win. Rob's kind of promised you that you're one of the three people he's mm-hmm. promised he's going to go to the end with. But yeah. if you had the Katie mindset and you mapped it out, who were you sitting at the final two with? I would have sat with Rob. Okay. And I do you think, think you would have had a chance think, against Rob? Uh, that's a good question. It would have been if I think there could have been an argument for both. Uh, I think Rob potentially at that point, if he'd played the game, he'd played um, a little like Shona, debated maybe. Uh, I would probably have gone with the fact that if I had gone through the way I'd gone to that point and still got to the final two, I probably wouldn't have promised as many people that I was going to be in the final two. So that could have been to my advantage to say that. Um, but, yeah, again, look, he's, he was such a likeable fellow and no one would begrudge him for playing a really good game because he did. Um, so I think that could have been my only way of potentially winning against him at, at a jury situation would have been to say that, well, I haven't led you down, I haven't promised anything that I haven't delivered on. So that, that would be the only thing I probably could have argued. So uh, who knows, who knows. But the thing I think too that we saw a lot of, I mean, Rob mentioned a lot about you being a threat to win. Shona right at the end was saying that you're such a threat to win. So this is kind of what Matt and I have talked a lot about in this series is that we didn't get to see a lot of you, but clearly you were perceived as a threat and that can relate into what you're saying about this under the radar game. So I think Mm. based on that, that you would have had a great shot of winning at the end. We just would have had a different edit of you, I think. Sure. No, I think the thing is I just didn't show my cards early. I think that probably was it. I probably and I probably uh, look. I I probably that as I said that under the radar sort of tactic at this point in Survivor history was probably the right way to go. I'm not showing that probably wouldn't work at all now. But right back then at the very beginning, that was quite a good strategy. I think. Um, secondly, I think physically. Uh, a few challenges went my way and I felt came into my physical strength a bit. Um, so that was actually really enjoyable for me. That was probably one of the funnest parts with some of the challenges. So I think that, I don't know if that was surprising or whether that was to be expected. I don't know, but that might have given me a bit of an edge at some points. Um, and also, um, I, you know, it's, it's really tricky because as I said, if I'd been on the other team, sorry, if I'd been on the other team, it could have all played out so differently. So it's such a it's such a combination of factors that either um, make it work for you or not. And I, I I feel like, yeah, I kind of didn't want to come out of the show with lots of regrets and I, I'm really happy to say that this day I have no regrets about how I played it or something I said that I shouldn't have said or because that stuff meant a lot to me too. Um I just and as I said, I wanted my kids to watch it one day and be proud of how I played or proud of how I behaved in it. 
Um, so that was really key in my, my mindset the whole way through as well. So um, that sometimes affects how you play or what you say or what you wouldn't say. Um, that's just part of, you know, the way things that are important to me personally, I suppose. So, Where did Jane fit into your long-term game plans? Because it, it really did seem you two were very close, but at no stage during the show is there any sort of hint that you two are going to team up and go all the way, which is surprising. Yeah, no, I suppose that's the other thing. Like the relationship I shared with Jane was quite sort of a, mother, a big sister, like I guess I suppose it was just a friendship. So it didn't seem that it was part of a strategy or a game plan or it kind of was more um, morale, you know, like uh, being out there in that harsh kind of environment and having someone that was just a lovely person um, to hang out with. It was. I think that was more what our friendship was about. It wasn't um, so much about me getting her through to a, a number, you know, on a on a game. Um, so that's probably why, because it just wasn't. There wasn't a strategy around it. Just an honest friendship. Episode six. There's a reward in which yeah. you get a phone call uh, with oh, people back home <laughs> now. Your mm. phone call was with your nanny, Robin. Now, can I just quickly ask, mm. is, is Robin a close family friend? Is she still a nanny? Is she like... Oh, I still know her well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. right. Well, this might make yeah. this next question awkward then. Um, so yeah. it really didn't seem like Robin cared too much to be on that phone call. <laughs> oh, no. Look, do you know what? Yeah, that's sweet. I remember being bitterly disappointed. I mean, oh. God, that was absolutely heartbreaking. It was horrible. But I get it in hindsight and I think it's just because, like, I think... It was just about not upsetting the kids, you know, and I understand that. I really do. And she probably made the right decision because it could have thrown them. might have made me feel better, but it might not have been, you know, great for them. Um, they, were in a, they were happy. They were content. They were having, you know, beautiful time with family. And, you know, me at that point speaking to them, it might have just made them upset. And I suppose she was just being protected. So I, I understand that. And she probably made, but from my point of view, it was like, oh, my God. We had yeah, a lot of fun. We had a lot yeah. of fun recapping that episode because we're basically saying, I really hope Sophie fired that nanny because she's basically like when you, you ask a question, you're like, are they missing me? And she's like, no. Like, it's like, what? Like, you're, you're, you're going to tears. What did this mean to your children? She's like, no, nah, they don't miss you at all. Go away. Bye. <laughs> It's probably it's probably my most famous part of any recap we've done. We had a good laugh. I mean, obviously we knew you were upset, and, and but we were yeah. laughing about. We didn't know who Robin was. We just thought she was some nanny that <laughs> yeah, you know you'd no. put in charge. She, look, and, I will clear her name. She's a beautiful person. Okay, good. But Sorry, she was Robin. Just doing the, I think she was trying to just you know keep everything calm and nice. <laughs> For me, oh. I was just desperate to talk to them. Yeah, it was a heartbreak. I think difficult. I remember saying, "I text my son, but." He can't read. <laughs> Which must have been so difficult then, like, because obviously you, you break down then at that point essentially that you, you, yeah. you just want to hear their voices. So, I mean, that you, mm. you're away from them for so long. Obviously, time feels like it's a lot longer out there for you guys yeah. when you're kind of, you know, in that situation. So, I mean, just that yeah. one little moment where you want to hear from them, I, I just can't imagine how bad that was at that I think point. I, I still get emotional now when I... <laughs> I watched it. Um, I was a longer. I watched it, but I watched it with the kids, and I, and I started getting. And Dan's like, "Oh my god, mum!" <laughs> it still makes me emotional thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was hard. I think that's really, you know, we you, family's everything, isn't it? So, 
Yeah, when you just yeah, sorry, Robin. to hearing the voices. <laughs> no, she's a, she's a gem. I, I will I will vouch for her, honestly. That's good. We love you, Robin, now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Robin, we'll, we'll rehire you. It's all right. We, we, we thought you'd fired her, but but we'll skip we'll skip forward. While we're talking about your kids and how, how you were mm-hmm. feeling, obviously, missing them, we'll skip forward a little bit. Joel, right near the end, I think in the second last episode, he, he wins a, a reward where he gets 15 minutes of Skype time with with his girlfriend at the time. Of course, mm. there was talk. There was talk at the reunion too that he was going to offer you some time to to be able to obviously get a chance to talk and see your kids. Seeing you, you didn't get that the phone call um, from that reward we we're just talking about there. But mm. can you tell us about what happened? Was there talk about you possibly getting some time? And how did it feel for you not winning that challenge Gosh. and getting that fifteen minutes? Yeah, I mean, I. It's such a long time ago, but I feel like probably I was hopeful that I might get a little bit of time to speak to the kids. Um, but I totally understood it as well because, I mean, everyone wants that, right? It's not, it shouldn't have just been something for me. Obviously, he'd won that fair and square. I just think I was just emotional because I was missing them and I thought if I could get five minutes of chat with the kids, it would just be so nice. But, um, but at the same time, you know, look. It's a game, and that's just the way it went down. And I think, yeah, you just you, you just um, in that state, you, things affect you more, um, particularly when you're missing people. So, yeah, I don't begrudge him that at all. Just I just was desperate to speak to the kids. <laughs> but I know so, in the yeah. re, in the reunion show, Joel actually they they Eddie McGuire brings it up, and Joel actually says, "Well, mm-hmm. I did offer to give her three or five minutes, but production wouldn't allow it." Um, oh, so you- okay. Well, that might be true. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm sure that's right. He wouldn't make that up. Um, yeah. But I didn't know that, so I didn't know that that was the case, whether or not that was. Um, yeah, I mean, quite possibly, quite possibly. I don't know why, but anyway. Say lovey. <laughs> you must watch these ones now where they actually had the family come out and visit them and think, well, what, where the hell was that in my season? Yeah, yeah, it's changed so much. I mean, that would have made a huge difference, I think, for everyone actually, just to have that family support. Um, I, it was pretty brutal. I mean, like I heard Jane saying, it's true, like the food we got was just minimal, um, you know, a reward challenge, it was – uh, for a food, from a food point of view, we didn't get banquets. It was something really tiny, um, you know. So I think in terms, if you want a defi- deficient definition of survivor, literally it was. I mean, I think we were as close to um, being broken in a way because um, you physically, mentally, and um, I suppose you're 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 really being pushed to your limits. So for a sort of stuck out there that long and um, and not have those little rewards like family um, and, you know, better food and maybe something a bit more comfortable and warmth and stuff that would have been um, – might have changed the game enormously. But, as again, it was what it was and probably made it tougher because of it. But at the end of the day, maybe that was a good thing. Maybe it was a good – we all got something out of it because of that, um, the limits we were pushed to. I still think that production just didn't have the money to uh, get, get a bit of a, fl- a, fl- a flight down there to, uh, to Port Lincoln, even though it wouldn't have cost them that much. It's not like they had to fly him into Fiji or Vanuatu, but uh, maybe they'd, they'd run out of budget by that stage. But what about – there's a few other members that we haven't spoken about, Lance and mm-hmm. Shona. What about Lance? Are you surprised that he went through his entire show 
oblivious to the fact there was no alliances? Oh, he's such just a lovely guy. He really is just a gem of a human, Lance. That's my memory of Lance. Um, he's a good, honest bloke and um, I think just would not have thought that about other people because he's not like that, you know. So I think that genuinely showed in the way he played the game. He just was a lovely person and um, probably thought the best of everybody. We, we've labelled Lance the nicest guy on the planet, and he really yeah. is. You're, you're, you're spot on. Like, like I've never met him in person, but, I, I, you know, yeah. I've, I've had a lot of dealings with him, obviously, in the yeah. podcast and social media, and you're 100% right. I think Lance just, you know, probably expecting that everyone was going to play the game like him and, um, mm. you know, and, and was, you know, he admits it now that he was, he was in shock that it, at the time that it, it was going on, and he said if he ever got to play a game, of course he would play it completely different. But... Uh, Someone that wasn't playing it like Lance was Shona. She was she had alliances going with Rob. She was there to play. Like like Rob made no bones about it. Shona was there for a reason. That was to become mm. sole survivor and win that five hundred thousand mm. dollars. You know, you you probably heard Jane talk about her relationship with Shona. So I'd love to hear about how your take on Shona. Look, I have a lot of respect for her. I think she's an amazing – she was very skilled. I mean, she came in and she knew what she was doing. She was able to, you know, put a hand to anything around the camp that and, and do it well and know what she was talking about. And I feel like um, you need that person who's got – takes that kind of leadership and and all of that. And I think the only thing probably that happens when someone's like that is that they tend to um, – sort of sit in the uh, – what's the word? You, when you're working as a team, everyone's got to have a go at those things and whether or not you do it quite as well as she would do it or not. That's that. So I think, remember, that was a bit of a point of contention. Um, just – but I think it's hard, her point in time, her life experience, she came into it um, with a lot of experience and then you've got others with less and therefore – that could have been frustrating for her, but that's the game, right? That's And that's life as well. So you've got to accommodate all personalities and all types. Um, but she definitely came out uh, leading, I suppose. That's, the, that's what it felt like. And I thought that could work for her or work against her. Um, and, I, and I ultimately think it might have, when she sat next to Rob, I'd I feel like that was where Rob's strength was, that he was sort of had that way to um, manage relationships. Um, and I think Shona did too, but I think she, because of the fact that she was so capable and so strong and, you know, that, that was going to sometimes rub some people up the wrong way and that could go against her at the final. Do you think people expected her to get to the end or, or did she sort of, was she a little bit underestimated and then all of a sudden, bang, she's in the final two? Um, not underestimated in terms of her abilities because she was obviously, you know, very capable. Um, maybe the relationship strength between her and Rob could have been underestimated. Um, so that's probably where the surprise, if there was a surprise, it would have been that, that, yes, he had chosen her to go through um, and obviously – a few other of us thought that it was us. So, you know, that was, as I said, that was to, to Rob's credit that he was able to um, be convincing. When you got to the merge and you meet up with Kara and Craig and Naomi, you get to chance to kind of have some chats with them. Were there 
any other chats that we didn't really see or kind of any chances to get to know them a little bit? We, what were your thoughts on kind of those three when you got to meet them finally? Oh, they're lovely, gorgeous people. Like, you know, that's right because you don't really get to chat to them and other times it's a meeting at the challenge and walking away and, um, you know, probably curious to know what they're all like and uh, they all seem like such great people. But at the same time, at that point in the, in the game when merge happens, you're so clearly – well, I felt so clearly going to support my own team that even if they were the nicest people in the world, I'm not going to diss my own team at this point if it comes to voting, you know. Um, so, yeah, we all got on great and in the short time we spent together, um, you know, there was no no dramas. I thought, oh, if I was in their team, I would have gone got on really well with them. Um, but, yeah, you stick with your team, right? The thing, the thing that really fascinates me fascinates me about you so particularly and also talking in the short time we've spoken already is that you really fit into this unique category where i think you're a genuinely nice human being who has nice morals you go into this game you're caring about how you're going to show up you don't want to say the wrong thing all this sort of stuff but you're also game aware you are aware enough to be in a position to get further towards the end you're in a position where you know you've got to have alliances and you're kind of thinking that and this is what really excited me about speaking to you today because it's kind of this is where mm-hmm. I think we're going to learn this side of things because you mentioned from the beginning you were playing an under-the-radar game and particularly mm-hmm. in this period in Survivor, they don't know how to edit players like you and that's where I think mm-hmm. we didn't really get to see some of your great stuff until later on. And that brings us to Episode 9 where you have some great moments and particularly when Katie, you mentioned before Katie about being savvy mm-hmm. on Katie, you talk in that episode about potentially targeting Katie and almost voting her out as an idea because she's a threat. What? How serious were you with that? Was that something you genuinely considered of doing? And if you had of, would you have needed those Kadena people to maybe swap, swap things around? Or were you that loyal to Tapara that you would never have thought mm. about that? Mm. Um, oh gosh, well, I suppose I... It would have taken me a lot to vote against my own team. Um, I was wary with Katie because I knew that, as I said earlier, I thought she's a really good player. She's going to be playing probably two, three different games here. Like that was, I thought if she's talking to me like this, she's talking to Rob like that. She's talking to show. I kind of felt she was smart enough to be able to and brave enough to make all these different plans. And I thought that was quite a brave move, especially now when I say in the history of Survivor where that was at because she was playing the game that right now if she was playing the modern version she'd still do very well because she was very strategic. So, But she was brave enough to come out of the gates with those moves, um, whereas I think we were all sort of trying to work out, um, you know, what's the right way to go about it. She was very clear about that from the start. So because I saw that in her, I was like, okay, I've got to be aware of the fact that I might be clearly on her hit list. Um, and therefore I'm not going to rule out of the fact that if I had, you know, potentially had to vote for her, um, vote her off, if that was the right thing for me to do, then I'd do it. So I kind of got in the mindset with her is it's, it could be eat or be eaten. <laughs> I don't know how she was going to go with me, but I, I, I liked her a lot and she was so much fun. And I thought, look, this could all play out the way we're all talking, but it might not. So I had to kind of have that, um, probably just in the back of my mind to be a little bit wary, um, 
Uh, what else? Sorry, what was the second part of what your question was there? Was, was there any, I guess, I mean, you, I think you kind of answered both in there really about the any possibility of, you know, getting on Kadena's side to if you really wanted to take Katie yeah. out, I guess. Yeah, and and that's another, that could have been possible. I mean, there were some really strong players. I mean, Craig was a very strong player. He, he you know, um, was strategic and physically strong um, and he could have played a really good social game as well. So I think actually if he'd, you know, if he'd been on our side, it would have been a very big challenge for, um, you know, particularly maybe for Rob and for Shona, um, because he he was he came out strong. But um, but it was just the way the game went down. I think by the state time he got, you know, to merge, there wasn't going to be um, too much, you know, flipping sides at that point. Well, it's interesting you mentioned about Katie about potentially being on her hit list because in that same episode mm. she's having that conversation with Rob, I think it was, where she's essentially talking about the money situation, about how she has like $200 in her bank account yet you right. ride horses your whole life so who's really going to want to give you the money? So it was kind of like a, an right. interesting... This is good memories. I don't even remember that. Um, yeah, okay, 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 yeah. Sorry, it's, I, I, I totally no. It's, I'm glad we're bringing these back for you because there's definitely one coming up which I don't think you're going to remember at all that you said. But it's it's fascinating because like obviously you two at the end kind of just have mm. such a close bond because of what's going to happen very shortly mm. in the, in the season. But it's mm. kind of interesting to see you two. You like each other, but you're also kind of very wary of each other. I mean, that's a unique mm. little aspect, particularly in this part of Survivor. That I think we it's just a healthy respect. No, do you know what I felt? It was like a healthy respect. You know, like you can see when a player, when someone's, um, uh, well, I suppose what I could see was you could see when someone was really, you know, particularly strong in an area. Hers was strategy. Um, I wasn't going to, um, you know, be silly enough to think that I wouldn't be part of some particular plan for her, you know, so I, I needed to be thinking, yeah, I really like this person, lovely girl, but at the same time I, I can see how she's playing so I'm going to have my, you know, I'm going to be watching out. So um, and may, I don't know how she felt about me but, you know, maybe that was the same, I don't know. But I think there was that healthy respect. This is what I think we're, Matt and I are trying to be saying a lot too with you is when we, mm-hmm. we talked last week about you getting voted out, how much we we found we enjoyed you as a, as a player because – I think there were little moments like the emu bit was a fun, quirky moment. I got to listen You've got to see these again. But there's also the moment you're walking with Joel and you break out mm-hmm. into a great little rendition of Never Tear Us Apart by In Excess. So, I mean, you know, what? there's all these little – do you remember that? Do you remember singing that with Joel? <laughs> God, this is a memory lane trip. Yeah, I'm loving this. Um, I, I See, I haven't been able to watch it. Do you know this is the other thing? I don't know how you watch the show. Because, uh, we'll hook you up. Um, we, we, no, I we actually, can. you have to hook me up because I've never <laughs> seen it since, really, except for I think I showed a, a while ago you could look up a few things and my daughter found a few um, by looking them up and um, and we had a good laugh about it and that was just with the kids, but that's so long ago. So, yeah, I, I, I so many things are a vague memory. I'd love to go back and watch the series all over again to trigger all this. <laughs> you're going to be watching this and going, holy crap, they were right, what's going on? Uh, you're going to go, what's going on? I was going to ask if you wanted to, you know, do a duet with me right now with Never Tear Us Apart, but, you, you know, I don't know if you remember it, if, you, you know, if you're ready and prepared for it. I was going to be Michael Hutchins and, you know. 
Oh, I've got to see this. I've got to see this. <laughs> this <is> too good. <laughs> so much stuff for you to be able to see, I think. But it's it's very it's it's interesting. I think kind of we. I know we keep going on about the edit, but I mean, this is really that mm. point of the game where I think we we saw these little moments from you, and it was sort of at this point of the game. I probably just got a sense. You know, I think the thing is, as you get along, you become a bit more comfortable. You can show your silly side. You can be silly and yourself, and and you you um you relax and just just. I don't know, you become friends, like you muck around with your friends and be silly. Um, so then I suppose your personality evolves throughout the pers- the show. <laughs> that's what Ben's saying. Like, that's what we missed out of your edit. Like, and that's why yeah. we were so that's why we were so keen to get you on the show because you know, there's so much that the viewers don't get to see of a character, especially when a team dominates so much like Tapara mm. did. And obviously, characters like Shona and Rob and Katie got so much airtime. We we just we we saw clips of it, like little snippets of you having that great sense of humour. And we can tell by talking to you, you've got that. But you know, a lot of the viewers wouldn't have really got to see that part of you. So, and it, yeah, it, is, it is a shame. I probably hid that. Maybe I hid that too much. I don't know. Maybe it was just like I was so aware of um, not standing out too much. I suppose um, in the beginning and getting to know people, you know, as you sort of go through, then, as you said, you relax, the camera's there, you're sort of used to that environment and you become more yourself. Um, so that would make sense that as it goes along, everybody becomes, you know, a little bit more of who they are and have that laugh and and um, and you get, you know, that mateship, which is fun. But I think in the beginning, yeah, I was very wary of what's going on and, you know, um, how to play the game and, and also getting used to the new environment and, you know, the whole thing. So it was an adjustment thing. And as you go through, yeah, you relax and it's funny. Um, and uh, I suppose I could have come out a bit more at the beginning if I'd really wanted to, but I was just holding back a bit, I think. I was just just feeling the, feeling the way, what it was going to be like. Someone that wasn't holding back was Craig, Mr. Craig Abbott. He, he dominated in those first couple of individual yeah. challenges when, when you became Aurora, merged and became Aurora. But, of course, you were the one that finally broke the streak and you, 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 ended, you ended his game. You, you, won, you won the immunity. Kicked his ass too. You, well, you did. You, you, he doesn't, Mr. Abbott doesn't like uh, seafood where you had no problem getting all that food there. Can I just say that was a great – that that was a great effort. You you smashed Katie in that final challenge with the. I think she yeah, only that had was about a good eight. moment for me actually because I think that was my like I could see she was so badly wanting to win. I'm going no no I'm Betty. <laughs> Can I just say not you smashed her to the point where was it Lam- Lamps actually in the end he ended up eating like the last remaining eight or nine fish eyes out of Katie's bowl. Like that's how much you beat her by. She wasn't even close. But was it a great feeling knowing that, um, I mean, everyone must have been happy the fact that Craig didn't win because, because of course, if he won. Yeah, that was a big moment, yeah. Well, it would have had to be a Tapara member because by that stage Mm. he was the only Kadena member left. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, that's right. So, yeah, it was was a good timing to be be a part of that win because, yeah, for both reasons. Personally, it was good for me from a confidence point of view. It's like, yep, I can take you on. I can. <laughs> I could see Katie's competitiveness, and and then mine kicked in too. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I got this. Um, but yeah, from the point of view of Craig too, from a Tapara point of view, it was a, it was a fortuitous ending in that result. So <laughs> uh, you, you, you kicked all their asses. There's no doubt about that. But it, it's probably something you've never really thought about. But yeah, you do, you, 
you do hold the record of being the first ever female uh, winner of an individual challenge in Australian Survivor history. I didn't history. know that. I actually didn't know that. There you go. Yeah. That's a good one. Part of the record books. Thanks. Yeah, I had no idea. Which is it's one of those oh, trivia things one. that I think if we were to put out there to the fans, because we know a lot mm. of people sort of don't like to acknowledge your season or the Channel 7 one. We'll get to that a little bit more mm. after. But, I mean, you are that answer. You are a trivia knight who is the first ever female individual immunity winner in Australian Survivor history. It is you. Oh, thanks, guys. Awesome. Put it on the resume. Put it on the business <laughs> <Good> card. <laughs> <laughs> Which did you did you practice eating gross things, Sophie? I mean, what was your secret to that? <laughs> Do you know what occurred to me? I suppose I've, the thing, if it had been spiders or something, that it might have been a different result. The fact that it was in the realm of seafood uh, that you know people eat, like you eat squid, I suppose, but I don't really. But um, that it's on the menu for people, it didn't feel like. It didn't feel like out of the realms of possibility to eat it. Whereas, yeah, if it was a slugs and something that was just particularly slimy or gross that just didn't feel right, it would have been probably a different result. So I just treated it like, okay, this is going to be protein. Get it down. <laughs> probably my body needed the extra protein at that point anyway. So it's a good thing. <laughs> I've always had that mindset. That to me is like because that used to be a thing when you would watch Survivor back in the day when this yeah. was new and you were like, oh, what would you do? Would you eat the gross foods and that? And I was yeah. exactly the same. I was like, I wouldn't care. Hair, the only things that would put me off is on Thailand they ate tarantula and flat out I yeah, would have been nah, like, nah, couldn't no. have done that. <laughs> I'm the same. There's no way. Creepy crawly things are just nah. Anything living, I think that's the thing. And it was it was stuff that had, wasn't living. So um, that made a big difference. If something's squirming and nah, yeah. <laughs> the turning point really for the Alliance and the game was, of course, Joel's eventual deal that he had with Robin Shona that he agreed he would throw the final challenge. We'll get to that in a moment. But going into the night that Jane ultimately went home, Joel was, of course, meant to go home. Did you have any inkling that anyone but Joel was going home that night? And was that obviously just a complete surprise that you ultimately saw Jane going home that night? Um, Yeah, I think I'm just trying to remember back how it all played out. But, yeah, I think – I think at that point I wasn't aware of the conversations Joel was having with the others. So, yeah, I kind of thought Jane had a good chance of sticking around, but it didn't didn't play out that way. Um, but I wasn't, yeah, obviously Joel had a different plan in mind and he, um, yeah, and it was a good, a good, good um, tactic for him. Um, but then, yeah, he threw it, didn't he, at the end? So it was an interesting little choice. But, you know, it, it was, it was, he got to stay those extra few spots, which is what he wanted to do. You could visually see the, the shock on Katie's face. And then, even mm. before her ultimate blow up after you got voted out, even just mm. looking her in that episode, she was just so stunned. It just, she was holding it all together. How, how were you feeling? Like, w- was there any conversations that you had with Robin Shona calling them out for this? Were you trying to kind of play it level headed? I mean, do you remember how you were feeling when you got back to tribal after that vote and the shock of, hey, what the hell's mm. going on here? Yeah, I felt, I guess the game suddenly got a bit more serious at that point. When I say serious, it's still a game. Um, but it, it took on a new level. I was like, oh, okay, it's all, you know, it's really happening now because to this point I thought, you know, um, I, I thought Jane stick around a little bit longer than that. But um, I feel it was probably, it was probably 
it was probably the right thing that they did. Like that was strategically, they were going along that line and it was exactly how they wanted it to play out and it was perfect for them. But I felt a bit sad for Jane at the same time. Um, so that was that tear between game and friendship. That, that, um, so not really a huge shock, but more just like, oh, sad to see her go. And, um, and then thinking, okay, it's game on now. Like anybody's going to do anything to stick around. So start watching my back a bit more. Did you have any hope that you and Katie could really sway Joel? I mean, as you said, you didn't really know about the deal that he had made. Mm. But, I mean, obviously a lot of conversations mm. you were having with Joel. How did you think you had worked him enough that he would side with you? Yeah, I wasn't sure, Joel, because he seemed, seemed like a guy that was all about, you know, um, I think he's he's still like a really, really kind of, as I said, a good kind of guy. He felt like that at the time. So I thought he was going to go with where he, he felt like his moral, well, the way he was speaking a lot was about having high morals and things. So I kind of thought, would he be swayed to go with like the the underlying alliance that I don't think he knew existed at that point? I'm trying to, this is all vague memory. Um, I thought maybe us being upfront and honest with him would kind of help him probably to come with us. But at the same time, playing strategically, he made the right decision. Well, he had found out at that point because basically mm. Shona and Rob had come clean to him when he had offered them right. that deal. Yeah. So it was mm. it was unique, I think. And, I mean, the interesting thing would be had Joel maybe come to you and Katie and said mm. the same thing, like, hey, take me to the final three and mm. I will throw the challenge to get you two to the end. Do you think that's something that you, maybe not speaking on behalf of Katie, but at least you would yeah. have entertained that idea? Yeah, um, I was still in my mindset thinking, I think at that point that I was had this kind of underlying thing going on with Rob that I'd go to the end with him. So I probably would have probably would have gone to Rob at that point and gone, hey, hey I don't, I'm trying to think what I would have done. I probably would have had a conversation with Rob to see where he was at still before I did anything else, I think. So what was Rob telling you during all this time when there's all confusion about who's going and stuff? Like, is he just trying to play it down as if you guys are still going to the end and everything's all good? From memory, I didn't feel, um, I hadn't really felt, the word betray is not the right word because it's just more like I hadn't felt, I sort of felt we were on track still. Um, so specific conversations as I said the memory is really vague about it all but I feel like there wasn't a feeling like oh well I'm definitely out he's definitely going to get rid of me like I didn't feel that yet so I must have felt secure enough yeah which is interesting because Katie she was done with him by that she knew that she was in trouble Uh, and that's why she's trying to get you on board with her Mm. which would have been interesting because you're obviously still thinking that not you and Rob are still good where Katie's on the other side Mm. saying yeah he's lying Mm. You know, I suppose I suppose it wasn't quite where it was that maybe a week or two earlier, but it was we hadn't had a specific conversation to say, oh, that's it, you know. And at the same time, um, I was still just very aware that anything could happen. Like who was saying what to who was pretty hard to to get to the bottom of. Um, so part of me was just kind of trusting in that, you know, hopefully I get to go a little bit longer, um, stick with my own game plan and hopefully – you know, I get through a bit longer and I always just sort of something happens somewhere and then it, it, it gives an opening for me. Um, so much in those last few days, and they are days because I think when actually I went as the fifth person out, there was only like three days after that 
I think that's right, two or three days after that when the whole game had finished. So they squeeze a lot into those last two days. So all those things are happening quite quickly. Um, and at the same time, as I said, we're all kind of zombie-like at that point. So trying to keep your your um, your thoughts really clear and succinct and on your game is probably a bit more challenging at that point. It's so fascinating to hear every time we speak, particularly to PARA members, about Rob because mm. there's clearly something about him that even after mm. that vote you are still believing, no, nah, we're good, we're going to the end. What is it about this guy that he is capable of charming you and making you trust well, him and no, yet still I stabbing think- you in the back? <laughs> no, do you know what? I think what it is was with him is that he just genuinely was a really good bloke, a really nice bloke. And I think outside of the game, he'd be just a really good friend. Like he's just had that lovely personality. And that was probably his strongest asset was that he was actually authentically being himself. But at the same time, he could delineate the fact that he was playing a game and really wanted to win that money because he had very personal reasons for wanting to win it. So, you know, he was able to be himself but still put his game hat on and that was um, – and stay like that right then takes quite a lot of strength of mind because during that period you are forming good friendships and it goes from that outside of just all these strangers to people you're getting to know really well and can have a laugh with and be silly with and so the you're still trying to play against them and that's the – that's the thing I think he did really well. So that's probably his – that was his skill. Were you surprised that basically the night you got voted out, Katie gets back to camp and from then mm. on until the next two days, wow, Katie yeah. basically, you know, doesn't want anything to do with Rob, you know, and just continually has shots at him. You wouldn't have mm. – obviously you weren't in the game at that stage, so you wouldn't have found mm. that out till later. But did that surprise you that Katie went down that track afterwards? Oh, look, I just think, Katie, again, she's passionate and, and competitive and, you know, she wasn't going to go down. Um, it's like a sleep. Well, I don't know what the expression is, but, you know, she wasn't going to go down without having a fight. And I think that was her fight. That was her last, like, rah, you know. Um, you know, so there was just that evident of her passion for um, a competition. And also by that stage, probably, as I said, you've all become friends and therefore – um, there's emotion involved and all of that. So that would have fueled that whole last couple of days. But in a way, yeah, I'm sort of glad I wasn't part of that because I thought that would have been tricky. That would have been yeah, an emotional couple of days for everybody. <laughs> when she won immunity the, the day you ultimately went home, you, you sort of mentioned about how kind of, you know, you were still thinking you, you're okay with Rob. But when she won immunity at that point, did you think you had any chance of sticking around? Uh, sorry, for me to stick around. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I kind of thought that was probably – it didn't surprise me in a way that I went that night. I kind of felt that that would have been how it was. I played – I think if you turn it back to um, – if you actually like put it in order of who is playing the game, um, those three um, were – I would have thought – actually, the only thing that, that was surprising me was that – it was Joel as the third. I kind of thought Katie would be the third. I thought it would go Rob, Shona, Katie, Joel, me, or me, Joel, you know, either one. That's that's sort of more the order in terms of who was playing it and at that point in the time had 
um, the moves to, to get to that point. I kind of thought Katie might have gone out third, but it didn't surprise me that I went when I went because I wasn't going to play it any harder than that and I think I would have had to pull out some stops that I wasn't comfortable with in order to get to the next level. So that's what I mean in terms of wanting my kids to see it and feel like I had no regrets. I still was able to do that at that point um, at exiting at the point that I exited at without feeling like I compromised myself too much on what I felt comfortable doing. And that's where I say that probably the game is very different now um, in how it's played. But back then that felt comfortable. Did you, do you remember when you found out about the Joel deal with Shona and Rob? Was that something that you found out like after when you watched it or that you found out after the, the show had wrapped? Do you remember it all? Mm, I feel like it was after. I feel like it was after. I'd have to go back and rewatch it, but um, yeah, I I think I think that was after I'd gone. One one thing that is actually um, interesting, and I don't know how familiar you are or how much you remember about it, but obviously mm. it's pretty common knowledge now that there was an attempt to make it a final three at the end. And Shona, Rob kind of kicked up a bit of a stink about it and sort of threatened to walk off. And it's basically come to our knowledge that had they gone through with their walk-off and had they all refused to go through with that proposal, Stephen Peters, the producer, was willing to pull the pin and basically eliminate all four of them and you would have been the default winner because you were the most recent person to go home. Did you know that? And secondly, how would that feel that you could have won that if they had all just quit on the spot? (laughs) That would have been a massive surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a oh comeback. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, do you remember something about that at the time? But, no, I, I yeah, I can't I can't even imagine how that would have felt. But I would have felt a weird way to win. Mm. You were knocking <laughs> on your hotel door right. or whatever going, hey, guess what, Sophie, <laughs> yeah. you won Survivor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have a pizza. <laughs> they would have brought in a jury no. and said, oh, by the way, we're announcing the winner, walked over the jury and there's a check, 500,000, wow. Sophie. Yeah, that would have been a massive turn. <laughs> you, you, you would have been thinking, what What an easy game, you know. You, 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 <laughs> yeah. You're on Tapari, you barely go to tribal council, you get voted out and you still win. <laughs> Oh God! I just want to say, based on the next crazy. season, the celebrity version yeah. still wouldn't have been the worst way to win the game. So you know, <laughs> just pointing it out. Sorry, Guy Leach, you won the game, but uh, you know, it was a it was a stupid twist at the end and how you won it. It's it must. It you mentioned before, you're only a couple of days away from the end of the game, mm. day thirty five. I can't imagine, and also too, the fact that you were voted out in the penultimate episode. There would be something about making that last episode, at least, that kind of you're involved a little bit more in the finale. Like you're promoted yeah. in the final four. You kind of you brought out stage more. You know, your family is in the audience that night, not knowing if you've won or not. Like. All of that collectively, I mean, that must be an emotional way to get voted out at that point in the game, that close, and just knowing what could have been had you lasted just one more round. Yeah, true. Yeah, I suppose that's with everything, isn't it? You could think, okay, what if I got one more day maybe? But um, but again, my personality type is a bit uh, – I wasn't really that fussed about it. I kind of felt proud of where I'd got to at that point, proud that I'd, you know – survived it given the conditions we were in and and felt like I'd gained from the experience what I wanted to gain from it. Um, came out feeling like I could hold my head high, like I'd played a good game. I played a game that I felt proud of 
for different reasons, from a physical aspect, from an emotional aspect, from a mental aspect, kind of all those boxes I felt like I'd ticked. So to have another day there, another two days there, it was very emotional. Um, I think Rob probably was always going to win it. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't really entertain that too much in my mind at the time. I kind of just felt like, you know, well, hats off to you guys. You played it well and, you know, you deserve to be sitting there. Is it annoying, though, that, you know, you, you play this game, there's so much stress, you're in, in freezing conditions, you're starving, mm-hmm. you're hungry, and you play it for 35 days only then to see someone get to the final three and just give up and hand their position over? Like, that, that must be annoying that, that that takes away your chance to compete in that, that final immunity challenge for you to, mm-hmm. to get to the end where someone just gives up at the final three. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting choice. And again, look, you know, who knows why people make those decisions at the time. But I mean, he he wanted to get to the final three. And maybe if that's all he wanted, then if that's what he really wanted, seeing that those two were clearly going to be in the top two, that he'd just get that one more position, then that was his game plan, then fine, you know. Um, But I think if I'd been sitting there, I would have gone for it. (laughs) You know, I think you've kind of come that far. but, you know, everyone's going to make their choices based on what they want to do. Going into the final tribal, you've obviously got the choice between Rob and Shona. You ultimately vote for Rob. Did, did you always know going into that that you were voting for Rob or did your question and yeah. their answers sway you in any way? No, I kind of felt like it probably came down to the connection with him. You know, I thought he played a good game. I felt like he managed to still be a really nice person through it. Um, you know, he was a personality that, you know, was a warm personality that he brought a lot to the team. Um, I probably had more in common with him to chat about generally, therefore there was a friendship there. So I kind of, it was just a no brainer that I was going to vote for him. I thought he did an epic job. So now we also like to play the what if scenario on this show a little bit, Sophie, it's our, one of our favorite games. And we like to ask a couple of different scenarios here at the end about how it would have gone. Now, the one that I'm very intrigued for here, actually, I'm going to save that one till last because this could be a tie-breaking mm-hmm. vote for you. Shona versus Joel at the end. Who gets your vote between Shona versus Joel? Shona. Shona. All right. That I think that's uh, officially won her. Now, look, I'll spoil this slightly and say that we interviewed Katie before you, even though we're airing that after you. We know the results already, mm-hmm. but uh, let's just be honest, it's quite a fairly significant sweep there for Shona in that situation. But the one that I'm <laughs> so intrigued here, because we obviously couldn't get an answer from Katie here because she can't vote for herself. If it is Rob sure. versus Katie, who gets a vote? Rob. Oh, Rob still gets it. Okay. Wow. Rob takes the lead and I didn't three say two. That. No, I tell you why because I feel no. That's a that's a good good question, and I you know I really I appreciate that you asked that because I know that Katie and I had a really good friendship at the end, and I know we you know I'm not it's not anything to do with friendship there. I just think Rob played an just a particularly good game because he hit his held his cards so close, um, and he can he controlled his emotions throughout it and he just had it had it together you know and I'm sure he was all a bag of emotions all the way through because it's a game that does that to you but I just thought overall his game was the best well I've got to say I think you just won Rob that game because I've got a feeling in a couple of weeks when we interview Shona that Shona would vote for Rob that's just my gut feeling based on on just thinking out loud but 
even mm. if Shona doesn't, it's still going to be a three-all tie, but uh, I'm going to assume that Rob wins out 4-2. Obviously, we don't ultimately know how Joel would have voted in that situation, but that's that's interesting. Mm. I think that's – I'll be honest with you, that's a lot closer than I thought it would be because I still thought a rob Katie final two, Rob would win, and I would have maybe thought it might have been a bit of a bigger gap than that, but um, that's fascinating. Mm. It's really fascinating to to see that. And that's, I don't know about you, Matt, how you thought that would have gone, but it is definitely a lot – more difficult for a lot of you guys than I thought it was going to be. So I like that. I think from just hearing Sophie talk, Rob, you can tell the relationship you had with Rob. You know, it, it went deeper than just just playing a strategic game of Survivor. You obviously connected in some sort of level where, where you, you know, and you said like he, he seemed like a really nice, genuine bloke. So I think that you don't forget that when you're when you're going to vote for someone you know mm. you, you also want to vote for the person that you know you really feel like you've connected with and you know and I know it, and and survivors a game you know yes mm. obviously Sophie you got voted out but that doesn't take away from the relationship you had built up with Rob during your 35 days yeah he's just a good good guy and I mean I think we had that thing in common too because I was missing my kids he was missing his son so that you know we had conversations about um you know, that feeling of being away from your family and how hard that is. So, you know, there was um, – I just feel like, you know, that's in life, isn't it? You connect with certain people and and if it came back for, you know, who, who are you going to pick, you're going to go with the person. You think, oh, they're a good person. You know, I like them, I back them, you know. But I think it was on top of that he just played a very good game. So he deserved it. Any funny stories from the reunion? Oh, gosh. Um, that was a fun. That was really fun. Um, I can't think of anything particularly. You're going to tell me something. <laughs> I know we had a fun night. It was a really fun just getting to see everyone because you know obviously hadn't seen each other for a while and um and actually it was a really good chance to get to know some of the some of the Kadena people and have a longer chat. I think we all got to talk more on that occasion than probably ever we did out there in the middle of Wales Way. Was there anyone from Kadena that you kind of on that night or any other opportunities afterwards that all of a sudden you thought like, oh, man, I really missed out on something. I wish I had been on a tribe with you. Yeah, I think the Kadena crew were just awesome. They're a really good crew and it would have been nice to have got to know them better. Um, so, yeah, that was probably a good opportunity to chat and have a good laugh about everything we'd all gone through. And there, I loved when we watched it back because things like that, what did they say? We were like always sleeping in the dirt and everything because we literally where our people. camp was. <laughs> we were just literally there was just dirt there was no grass there was and uh, the way I think our initial campsite was set up we were literally on the ground with the you know the tarp was like that high above our heads so yeah and they seemed to um probably have it pulled their camp together better than we did or, something, or had a better location because they they always look so well presented um but yeah, they were just lovely. I thought they were good people. And I, I, you know, think we would have all got on whichever team we were all on. But, um, yeah, it was good to get to know them on the on the reunion. I definitely think you and Naomi would have got along well. She, um, she I know, you know. She's a great girl. Yeah. She, she, she is great. great. She's, a, yeah. she's a legend. Uh, Naomi's yeah. fantastic. And um, I know you got to obviously, play, you know, you got to play the game with her a little bit. You, you were both on Aurora tribe until she got voted out but there was even times I think when when I first re-watched it you know six months ago when when we're getting prepared for this podcast there there was times when I'd get you yourself and Naomi mixed up like you just (laughs) you were very similar and I think I think Ben and I actually spoke about that sometimes in those first couple of episodes you'd be like oh but but I think you two would have got along quite well if you started the game right from day one 
Yeah, I think so too. She seemed like a really nice person. I liked her a lot. She's good go good go getter. Like not you know, um, I don't know. She'd have a go in all the challenges, and she seemed like she was just really down to earth. And they're the kind of people I gravitate to. People just you know honest to with themselves who they are, and not trying to be something else, and just down to earth people. Let's let's clear this up right now, Matt. This is going to be the distinguishing difference between how we tell if this is either Sophie or Naomi on the line. Um, what is your viewpoint <laughs> on boats? Boats? Yeah. Oh, um, fun to be on. Okay, yeah, this is not Naomi. <laughs> yep, there we go. She likes so, boats. Naomi Ma- hates boats. There we go. Difference. Oh. Na- Naomi, Naomi, Naomi hated that bloody boat, great beyond boat. Oh. Of she hated the bloody boat, the bloody ship. It was every bloody bloody ship. It was just, yeah, it was terrible. While we're talking about Naomi, oh, this is a dear. question I've been asking everyone. Naomi actually was lucky enough to win the reward challenge where she got to pick someone for an overnight stay at Nicara yeah. Station, and she she picked um, Craig. Um, who would you have chosen? Would it have been Jane or Rob? Who, who do you for think an overnight? Good question. No, I probably would have picked Jane. I mean, she she probably would appreciate the food. I know the food thing was like a big thing for her. Did we? Did they get food? I feel like they had a they nice did. meal and everything yeah. too, didn't they? Yeah, I probably would have because she was really starving. <laughs> she felt, which we all were. Um, so I think she probably would have appreciated a good meal. Um, so probably. <laughs> Do you remember when you got back home after the shoot, uh, seeing your kids? Do you remember that moment kind yeah. of after all that time and how oh that was? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, no, just like, I mean, yeah, no, amazingly emotional and so happy to be home and so ready to be home and just like, you know, appreciate their beautiful faces so much and cuddles and just all the stuff as a mum, you know, just miss them like crazy. So it was an amazing moment to get home. I was so ready to get home. Yeah. I would kind of like you do the counting the days thing. Like I, I think from about halfway through I was just trying to like think, you know, how can I last this out, you know, being away from them. So that was a real mental battle. And is that still the longest you've ever gone without seeing them? Totally, yes. Wow. Yeah, no, I'd never, I'd never do that again. That was a big one. But, you know, they, they were fine. <laughs> I think it's only me that just really um, – yeah, no, nah, it's too long. Well, we know Robin didn't care. Away. No. <laughs> oh, no, you, beat, you beat me into it. Well, I was going to say, you beat me to, I was going to say, in the end, she was fine. Robin was looking after it. She was better than what we thought she was doing. In the end, she was doing a great job. <laughs> Do you remember much when it was airing the, the reaction, like much opportunity getting recognised, you know, other opportunities you got to kind no, of use afterwards? I don't think that was a good thing as well. Like I think we did it at the best time because, as I said from the start, like I did it really for an experience and um, being outdoors and I'd, if it was filmed or not, I think it would have been a fun thing to do. It was just about having that challenge of being out in the wilderness, you know, like that's the stuff that appeals to me. So the fact that there wasn't the social media and all those kind of things I think was unreal because we didn't have to contend with any of that. Um, it would have put a whole nother pressure on everything, I think. And I'm sure, you know, um, yeah, that's a world that we didn't have to worry about, which thank goodness. <laughs> it must be funny, though, when you, you put your hands into a packet of Lay's chips and you pull a, <laughs> you pull a photo out and hit hit. Here's Sophie, you know. Oh, yeah. yep. You know, the, the kids would have loved that. 
<laughs> did. They would have loved that now. Like that would have been a funny thing to have had. I should have kept more of that memorabilia. Actually, I'm sure it's a, you guys have maybe some of it, but yeah, I don't have anything like that. I think I had a little folder at the beginning um, that I've got somewhere with some cutouts and stuff. So I'd save it for one day. <laughs> have you kept anything from the show? I've got the I've got the buff. I'm pretty sure I've got it here somewhere. I had a as I said, I had the one that we actually wore out there, and then I had a spare one which I kept. Never wore it, so it was kind of clean and nice. But um, but that's all I've got. Oh, I do have a rock, I, and I don't know where it is now. We've moved a few times, but um, it was from the it was the orange rock that was painted. I think it yep. was. Yeah, I had one of those. We got to keep something from the show, which was fun. A couple of things. Oh, and a piece of driftwood. Beautiful. Sorry, a beautiful piece of driftwood, which um, um, because there was oh. a lot of different driftwood around the coast, everyone was kind of carving on them. So I've got is that, that the too. one that Rob? carved for you and rob did that beautiful yep. one yeah which is great so many people i think have kept those mm. and kind of we've got some photos yeah, of them i've which, got all that yeah fantastic little thing that um that rob obviously did yeah we've got the uh yeah. the official guidebook that they released in the lead up to your season sophie we love this book it's a fantastic uh little keepsake and i always like to just mm. go over a few things that were given in your pre-game interview because they're always a little bit of fun um your favorite yeah. smell and flower frangipani your favorite game balderdash i pointed this out to matt last week he does he never heard of it do you still love balderdash because that is a great game i haven't played it for years but i remember it was a game at the time that everyone was playing it was very funny it is fantastic like, yeah, matt you need to play it <laughs> I, Benning, I still don't know what the hell it is. I'm oh, sure you'd enjoy it. <laughs> it is so much fun. Seriously, we need to, like, get everybody on the line to play a game of Boulder Dash. Now, I don't think I laughed harder at anybody's answer in this book than one that you gave here because this is going back to your personality, Sophie, where you obviously have moments where you just are so – and we needed to see more of this. The question was asked to you, what would be the craziest wild thing you would do for a lot of money? Your answer was, sit on the queen's lap and fart. <laughs> now have you ever had an opportunity to do that because i don't know it's been 18 years no hasn't happened yet hasn't happened yet yet i like that yet you never she's, know she's still kicking the queen's still kicking so time is yeah still happen you know that that oh, that's something dear. i think we would well, i would pay you money to do that i don't have any money but i'd find some i'd crowdfund i'd do something did you keep in touch with many many people after the show um, we haven't. I like we did at the beginning. I think we had a few like contact moments and then I haven't for a long time. So that was what's so cool about that's actually why I decided to do this when you arts it because I thought it's so nice to hear everyone's voices and, you know, reconnect um, after what's such a long time. But um, we all share such a unique experience, something we all did. Um, so long ago, but um, I'm sure, like the, as you said, the memories start flooding back as you start talking, and it was an interesting, fun, and amazing time for all of us in different ways. So that's the reason, yeah, I wanted to to be involved because I feel like, um, you know, not everyone gets to have that kind of experience. It's quite unique, and um, yeah, I hope it would be nice to have. As you said, if you've got a reunion going, that'd be fun to be at that. I'd love to see everybody. Well. Two little things of that. I mean, we obviously sort of Matt's in the process of organising an in-person mm. one to celebrate the 20 years uh, one next year, of course, but we are actually kind of mm. thinking and this is maybe just something that is just slightly maybe in the works of kind of having a conclusionary mm. episode of our little recap series here where we might try and get sort of a, a little Zoom call going on. We'll see how that plays out. So that could be another 
uh, opportunity there. But did did you keep up much with the show? Did you sort of stay watching the US one, watch any of the newer Australian ones? I at watched all? a few. I, yeah, I think I watched a couple of the early ones. Then I didn't. We don't watch watch a lot of telly. Um, but I watched the last some of the last one, which was really good. Um, and it's, yeah, it's so dynamic and exciting to watch and everyone, they all play such amazing games and the challenges look awesome fun. I think that's one of the things that I enjoyed most was all the challenges. Um, so I love seeing all those. They seem, um, they seem incredible now, like amazing. Well, Channel 10 just had their all-star season. That was the last season that they've had. Yeah. Was it disappointing that not to see anyone from your season get a chance to go on All-Stars? Oh, yeah, that's true. That Because if you're saying that we haven't really been acknowledged as the season season one, yeah, no, that would have been fun. I would have loved to see some of the guys give it a go. I don't think I would go back for more just because I feel like I've done that. But I would love to watch some of our team go through. I'm sure they do a really good job actually. And honestly, it's so many of the the players we've spoken to. They're still so fit. They're looking great. Like yeah. easily, like you could get, you know, Craig, Naomi. Um, you know, there's so many that could that could have gone. But Katie, of course, yeah. um, you know, could have gone back and, and played all stuff, which I think would have been absolutely fantastic. Yourself, you know, like. You could easily play Survivor yeah, again. Yeah. I don't believe, I mean, Sophie. At- I just looked at your age. I don't believe you're – I'm not going to say it, but I do not believe that you are the age that you are now because, like, I, I, I know I sound like I'm sucking up every single week on this <laughs> bloody show, but seriously, you look exactly the same. Oh, it must have a good haze on this computer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've got a filter on that and I don't know about it. Maybe I need to check that. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. No, I don't know. I, I've always stayed pretty fit. I mean, I – you know, like the same things I like back then, running and swimming and doing all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure most of us were attracted to that show because it was a physically challenging show. And if that's the case, then a lot of people probably still are quite sporty or do get outside and do stuff. Um, so that's the key to staying fit and healthy, isn't it? Just keeping active. And, um, yeah, I love the idea of going and doing a Survivor show in terms of like, you know, what the actual physical side of it and the challenges and all of that. Um, would be great, but the going out there and being away from family for such a long time, I don't think I could redo that part of it. But I'm sure there's it'd be really fun to see some of the crew go out in there and give that a go if they ever had the opportunity. I always love asking this question. It's my favourite question of the every interview mm-hmm. I do. But the legacy of your season, because we've mentioned a few times that you know, your season often doesn't get acknowledged anymore. Mm. Clearly Channel 10 didn't want to acknowledge it when it came to inviting people back. But, mm. I mean, what what do you say to that? Do you think there needs to be more of recognition, a legacy of your season to acknowledge that you were one of the first 16 Australians to ever play this game and get some credit for that? Um, well, it depends. It, it, that doesn't seem like such an important thing for me personally. Maybe some of the others feel differently. Again, um it was just a personal journey for me that I did. I don't necessarily need everyone to know that. I doesn't, it doesn't affect my experience of the game. I'm still glad we just went and did it. As again, I'm saying it was glad it was low profile. I'm glad it wasn't in today's sort of environment with more press around things. I just, I'm not that kind of person. I'm quite private. So I just, you know, it, it was kind of perfect in a way. Um, so for it to not be recognised doesn't really take anything away from it for me personally. Um, again, I don't know if anyone else feels differently to that, but, I mean, we all had an amazing time and it was what it was. So what's what's Sophie been up to in the last 19 years since the show? 
Oh, well, I've got – we're just busy. We've got I – mean, we do a lot outside. We love, love um, still being outdoors, so we do a lot of camping and um, we work hard and I've got a big family and I've got two older kids, two younger kids, so I'm still a busy mum and, you know, happily married and just, like, life's good. I, I feel like um, still love being in Australia, wouldn't be anywhere else in the world, Um said those places that still appeal to me I like places like Wales Way like I, they're kind of the landscapes I love being in love being outdoors in nature um, so you know many things are the same um, but growing up and appreciating um, experiences that I've had Survivor definitely goes down as one of the great ones and kind of life-changing in so many ways um, and I think if you take the whole life experience that we all have, there's certain things that stand out for me. That would be one of them. Well, it'd be a fantastic thing, you know, the 20-year reunion next year that, uh, you know, if you if you bring the kids out because that would be kind of yeah. a thing about going back there when obviously, yeah. you know, an emotional experience missing them and now here they are as adults and being able yeah, to experience what you amazing. wanted them to know yeah. about you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like I definitely think that um, – that as I said before, one of my great things that I felt for the think for the kids was like I hope they watch this one day and go, oh, mum really had a go and she was you know swinging off ropes and climbing under you know it wasn't you know that I was really having uh, I guess putting myself out there and that was something that I hope that they would see one day and go yeah I was proud of mum. So to be able to take them there and see it would be epic. I think they would love it there actually because they love all the same things I love. Sophie, look, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I, I know you oh, said thanks, you know, you're a, you're, you're a you're a very private person, and I, you know, I know that you know you you weren't sure about whether you were going to come on the show or not. But honestly, like you know, there, there's so many fans out there that that love your season, and oh, that's and really and nice. we, you. you know, I I don't think we you know we said it before we didn't get to fully see you and and what you're truly like out in the show. So. To have you on this podcast today and have you, you know, tell us your version of it and 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 what the show meant to you is uh, no, it, it's been fantastic and we, we do really appreciate yeah. your time. Well, I I love your passion for it and thanks for you know bringing us all together and and making it possible to chat about something that sort of laid dormant for a long time for me personally in my mind. So it's brought it all to life again and and I appreciate you know you guys bringing this effort to get everyone together. And one final thing, apologies to Robin again. Robin, you are a great human being and everything I said against you, I was wrong. Oh, that's sweet. She'd appreciate that. <laughs> she, she's a legend. And a special shout-out to Robin once again there. I'm glad that we've kind of gotten that sorted out. Matt, another great interview there. Always great to learn about uh, other people's games, other people that we just didn't know a lot about. We've said it constantly throughout this interview and throughout the series that we didn't know a lot about Sophie, but I feel we've, we know a little bit more about her today. It's always great when we get get these past contestants on for interviews, but yeah, Sophie especially because you're right. Yeah, you know, we've said it multiple times. We didn't know a lot about Sophie, so I think you know I've learned a lot about her game and and I guess her mindset of playing the game of Survivor back in two thousand and one. Uh, and yeah, so to to hear to hear her journey and um and hopefully our listeners have have gained a bit more knowledge about um Sophie as a as a Survivor player. I just want to say to you as well, Matt, congratulations. We're nearly about an hour and 50 minutes into this episode. Uh, hasn't been mentioned, so I'll say it right now. David Haas. 
I was I was going to mention him when we were talking about all the players that still look really good and physical. And I was I was going to mention his name, but I thought, nah, you, you wouldn't like it if I mentioned him. But uh, put him put him on All Stars, Ben. Yes, yes. Well, you know, I feel like it's just a it's a Australian Survivor Archives bingo. It's got to be said in every single episode at one point. But uh, yeah, massive thanks to Sophie for joining us there, and that of course really gets us in. We talked about the meaty end of this season at the very beginning of this episode, but but next episode, Matt Dyson. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again now, and I'll say it again next week. It's Ben Waterworth, the broken down record, but lock yourself in for what I believe is one of the greatest episodes you will ever watch of any Survivor. To me, the greatest finale in the history of any Survivor, at least that I've seen, uh, the finale episode of Australian Survivor Season 1, Whaler's Way. We will also cover the reunion as well. So it is a long ride. It will be a long episode next week, but it is worth every penny, and I implore everybody out there to get yourself a copy of it and watch it. I know on the official Survivor channel, it cuts off with like the last 20 minutes to go. I don't think they have the final tribal at all, which is a travesty. But in all fairness, the final tribal isn't the greatest compared to the rest of the episode. Just watch the stuff that's on there because you need to come and lock and all that for the Katie show because, my Lord, it is great watching. Yeah, Ben, there's, there's not much more I can say. I think you just took every single word straight out of my mouth. Um, it's it's brilliant. I think that one word right there, brilliant, um, sums, it, sums it up for me. So you're right, and I think our, um, our recap, uh, is going to be brilliant for it as well. This is this is a huge episode. This is what we've been building up to the whole last six months, Ben, and we're getting to it right now. We really are, and this is our last recap for this season. You're not going to hear another recap from us uh, for quite some time until we get into that first episode of season two. So uh, lock yourself in for it because really just to, I guess, reiterate on some of the things we've said or tease moving forward that after our next recap, it's really all going to be about the interviews. We'll have some significant amount of interviews to close it off with our uh, final four, at least obviously two of our final four. We will be having, of course, an episode with uh, Rob's brother, Pete. So uh, we'll be covering that off and just moving forward some other great things planned we'll obviously have a big conclusionary episode where we're planning on having myself matt maybe cable's going to join us again as well uh matt carr potentially as well we have a great chat lined up of course with a certain ep that i think i teased to already on the show man i think kind of went off at me for giving that secret away but i don't give a shit it's a great interview and uh hopefully something too that again I, i'm sure you might be going off at me now too because we haven't actually even confirmed this this was literally a pre-production conversation that we thought we might have but another bonus episode that we might potentially do which i kind of alluded to a little bit there with sophie in that interview but uh stay tuned plenty still still a few more episodes to go of season one of us closing this out Uh, we're not closing it out just yet we will close out the recaps next week but uh i'm excited matt i'm i'm big kev remember him rest in peace big (laughs) kev because i'm excited Oh, wasn't wasn't his uh what what was that that was the carpet cleaning stuff wasn't it he's cleaning big kev yeah, yeah, no he, wonder he, he died. He had a heart attack, didn't he? He was excited all the bloody time. His blood pressure think, was too uh, high. Sorry, Big Kev's family, but come on. That's that's a bloke who he had his finger in all the pie, old Big Kev. But uh, talking about <laughs> fingers crumbs. in all the talking about fingers in all the pies, Ben. You're right. Like this is coming. It feels like it's coming to end, but we still got so many big episodes to go. So I don't know. It feels like we're sort of getting to the end, which we are, but. You've got to stay tuned, listeners, because uh, this is – we're in the, the nitty-gritty now. This is the the juicy end of the season, and uh, some of these en- these last interviews we're going to do, uh, Ben, I, I can't wait. 
Well, we, we it's no secret that we mentioned in this episode that we've already recorded the Katie interview and, I mean, that is worth every penny that you can imagine it's going to be because it's Katie and Katie's gold. Of course, we know that. So uh, that is that is definitely one that we are very much looking forward to, you all at home listening. We haven't at this stage of writing this recorded our interview with um, Pete or with Shona, but we're looking forward to that. And also, though... Fitting into there somewhere as well, we will have a bonus interview, which I'm not going to tell you who it is, because, let's be honest, we don't actually know if it's going to happen, but we we, we are hopeful it's going to happen, and then that will kind of extend us out a little bit longer, but it's still going to be exciting, Matt, because this is one we've wanted all bloody season, and it should be happening. Ben, do not put the mocker on this. I, I have been did. working overtime. <laughs> I have been working overtime nearly every day for the last six months and we're we're potentially one day away from it happening. It's been dark, everyone else. It's not been dark. That's the extra, extra um, one we hopefully will get. So, Ben, let, let's just wait and see if it actually happens. But if it does, I'll be very excited. Very excited indeed. Uh, as always, thank you to everybody for tuning in. It's always a pleasure bringing you this content and taking this trip down memory lane. And we always appreciate the support, the the messages, the comments, people who are sort of getting involved in this season and really enjoying kind of revisiting this season one of Australian Survivor. It's obviously a lot of fun for us. I mean, we even admitted in this episode, I think we're appreciating the location now. Like this is really coming full circle for us. So it's fantastic. And I absolutely appreciate Robin the nanny. This is what I like about this podcast. We learn that we, even us, Ben, we can be wrong occasionally. Here we thought she was a crap nanny and Sophie proved us wrong. She's actually one of the all-time great nannies. So we, we do learn a lot on this podcast. Apologies to Fran Drescher that we, uh, you know, lumped nannies into Robin category when clearly Robin is a good nanny. Although so was Fran Drescher. She was a pretty good nanny. Yes. So, you know. Uh, everyone who's enjoying the show, remember to hit us up on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Remember, the likes keep climbing. Matt Dyson will show us his lovely little audition tape. He's going to swing on a vine for us. All of those ticking the boxes. So uh, just the more you help us out there, the more we get to see that later on down the line. And subscribing to our show is the easiest way to get these episodes directly to your speakers. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're on there. While you're there, leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. Are we good? Are we crap? Are we in between? I don't know. You tell us. We want to know from you. So hit us up on there and we really would appreciate the feedback along the way. As always, thank you for tuning in. My name is Ben and eh, bugger, I'm going to go watch The Nanny. My name's been Matt Dyson and I was really hoping Sophie was going to do an emu impersonation. Ah!